Well, amen, amen. We are in currently in our third week of our four-week sermon series on pray. And uh, I hope that you have been blessed by the, the messages that we brought these last two weeks. And we're going to continue on today. But before I do, again, out of all the things that you can do on this beautiful morning, you've taken the time to be with us as we worship together our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I want to say thank you. And I also want to thank those who are joining in our podcast. Wherever you are, God bless you. Uh, we're thinking about you. Uh, if you will op- be so kind, if you like taking notes, you can open up your program on the right-hand side or fill in the blanks and some space there for additional notes. Answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during my message. Well, as, my, as I mentioned, you know, we have an opportunity to hear the, the message through the Bible and the stories that have been brought upon how we can learn from how, what people and how people prayed in their times. We've learned that we have to be careful of how we approach God when we come to him in prayer. It's not just more, more of a non, nonchalant type of thing, but who he is, that he is holy, he is God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth, and therefore we must be careful of how we approach God's presence in humility as well as submission when we go again and speak to uh, the Almighty God. One of the things that I enjoy is preparing for this message particularly because today we hear about how Jesus prayed. And not only just what we just mentioned here with the uh, uh, collectively as we shared in unison the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, you know, it's how Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, but we're also going to share a moment today where if you are able to please stand for the reading of God's word as found in the gospel book of John chapter 17. I'll be reading from verses 1 through 12 while you're standing and then I'll have a, a brief prayer and then we'll continue on. Now, I'll be reading from the NLT version, New Living Translation. If you have your own Bibles, the words may be a little different, but please feel free to also follow along on the screens. Again, this is the prayer of Jesus. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought you to glory here on earth by completing the work you gave to me. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you, have, uh, you gave me from this world. And they were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All all who are mine belong to you and you have given them to me so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. And during my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destructions as the scriptures foretold. Let me pause there for a word of prayer. God, We're so thankful that here as we continue and hear how you prayed, 
that could also allow us an opportunity to get examples of how we should also pray. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as I mentioned, I know that as I was so excited to be here with you today because I wanted to also share, we talked about how the Apostle Paul uh, wrote the letters and how he was praying. Last week we talked about how it is important for us to pray words of encouragement to God and to uh, pray words of encouragement that refreshes our hearts and to pray for words of encouragement that refreshes the hearts of others. But now let us gather and hear and how we can learn from Jesus' own prayer. So the first thing we want to share with you, beginning on verse 9 of that scripture reference that I just read, Jesus, this is the first point, that Jesus prays for his disciples. <clears throat> on verse 9 it says, My prayer is not for the world, but for those you gave me, because they belong to you. So it's interesting how in the very beginning of this uh, chapter, Jesus was asking, just praying in a sense for himself. Jesus saying in another translation, it says, God, the Father, glorify me that I may glorify you. So, so Jesus was preparing himself. He was saying that the hour has come. He knew something big was going to happen. And also, as he prepared himself, that's one of the prayers I usually say on a regular basis, God, like your son Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, may you glorify me that I may glorify you. You see, when I'm asking for, for God to glorify me, it's not for me to stand out. It's for me to have what I need in order to share with others. And as I've been saying throughout these couple weeks, we need to make sure that we have something in order to give. So if we don't have love, how can we give love? But certainly the other way around, if we have hate, certainly it's going to spill out. So we must have something in order to give. So here Jesus is saying, the hour has come. Now I'm asking God that you glorify me, that I may glorify you. He was preparing himself. And then all of a sudden in verse 9, and my prayer is. Here he's praying for his disciples. He knew that he was going to be leaving this world, but that there were people who were going to be remaining. Those who were going to continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others as they spread out to share the good news that others may come to believe. You know, Jesus shows us an example that it is important for us to also to pray on a regular basis, but to also pray for those closest to us. And Jesus set that example. He prayed for his disciples the same way as we can pray for our spouses and for our parents and for our co-workers and for our, our staff and for the boss and for our children. Those closest to us in our proximity, the close proximity. We use that example of Jesus the same way, you know, when I was preparing uh, for this message and I was talking to Pastor Gill as, uh, uh, you know, going over the notes and, and he was sharing. Usually when he, goes, when he goes to Wawa, there's several options of coffee. He selects the one that's Colombian coffee. Why? It's because it reminds him of his son Jonathan and his daughter-in-law Amanda who are serving in Colombia. And so every time that he goes in there and he's pouring that coffee, I can imagine him just praying and thinking about them. And he told me that he was able to now support someone from Panama. And Wawa doesn't carry. 
Panamanian coffee. So he mixes the Colombian coffee with decaf to remember the person from Panama. One way to think about individuals and, and keep them in mind and praying, especially for our children. In the mornings when I, when I wake up, even just this morning, I'm waking and I, and I see the vehicles in front of my house. It seems like I have a car dealership. I got five vehicles, one for each person in my household. But I look at them and I can only think also as I see the, 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 the vehicles, I pray for my family, pray for my wife, pray for my children. But I also know that in a matter of two weeks, one of those vehicles is not going to be there on a regular basis. And that is my middle daughter who's going to Kutztown University. And so what happens is when I see that vehicle that's not there, quickly I will think about her. So every time I leave in the morning, I'll think about my daughter. Not just her, but it also making sure that I pray for my other children and for my home and my, my wife and the family, those closest to us, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue on with verse 13. Jesus continues praying. He says, now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you take them out of the world, but keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they may be made holy by your truth. So the second focus point I want to share with you is that Jesus prays for our holiness and truth. When it says here to keep them from the evil one, it's one of the parts that Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And we just did that prayer during the pastoral prayer. Deliver us from evil. Jesus continues on and teaches through his prayer of himself for the disciples and for us as holiness and truth is to keep us and deliver us from evil. Jesus asked the Father that he teach his disciple the word. That his followers would have the full measure of joy. You see, joy comes by doing and living the word. It is not based on our circumstances, ladies and gentlemen. We can sometimes get those things mixed up. Jesus prayed for holiness. When we think about holiness, we think about the word sanctify. The term sanctify means to become holy. You see, when we come before the presence of the almighty, holy God, we must also, again, we submit ourselves in humility before God's presence and therefore when we humble ourselves when we are clear and clean that we become that pure and righteousness because of him not because of us sanctify is to be set apart to do the work of the ministry being the hands and feet of Jesus and being a hands and feet is now, uh, really pertains to the work that needs to get done, not by words, but by actions. Because the goal is to point people to Christ. People forget and must be reminded that the opportunity 
to experience holiness came with a price. It came with a price. On verse 19 of the scripture that I read, it says, Jesus is saying, I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. It's so available, but we don't pay attention to it. That when it talks about holiness, when it talks about truth, that Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice, the holy sacrifice that we can also experience. When Jesus prayed that we may be made holy by God's word. God's word is truth. Some of these very men Jesus was praying for were also the writers of the truth. God used their hands to write on paper the Matthew, John, James, and Peter. They all wrote his words down and we have it today via the Bible. But we don't take advantage of it sometimes. If you have a conversation about truth, I would venture to say that most would agree we live in a truthless culture. And because of that being, truth will stand out in a world and culture, a culture that doesn't live by it. If you want to jot this, down on John, uh, jot this down in your notes, John 8, verses 31 and 32. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We need to strive to live holy lives and full of truth let's continue on with verse 20 I'm sorry my voice is cracking here verse 20 says I am praying not only for these disciples but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message I pray that they will they will all be one just as you and I are one as you are in me father and I am in you And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. May they experience, excuse me, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they, will, they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these, these disciples know that you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. The third point, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is that you, Jesus prays for us that we will be one. Jesus prayed for us even before we knew about Jesus. He prayed for us. Why? On this verse 20, it says, I am praying not only for these disciples, those in the close proximity to him, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. 
Many years later, ladies and gentlemen, here we are speaking about the word of God, about learning about Jesus Christ and how we're able to be the hands and feet and also the voice of Jesus because of Jesus praying for those disciples to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus also prayed for you and he also prayed for me. For those who will believe by their message. My goodness, just think about how Jesus, you hear about Jesus, but just also knowing that he prayed for you the same way, almost like if we pray for somebody else for healing, praying for encouragement, praying for celebration, and praying for whatever their, their sufferings, Jesus prayed for you. Pray, not only pray for you, but that we will all be one the same way that he and God were one. Those who believe in their message. He prays that we will remain in unity. Unity is very important to Jesus. The Christian life is never meant to be lived alone. The key is that we will be united with Jesus and live in perfect oneness. On verse 23 of that scripture, Jesus is saying, May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Being the hands and feet of Jesus, going out in our community. How did you come to know Jesus? Was it by somebody that just was saying you got to accept Jesus Christ? Or is a possibility that you saw people doing the work of God? And says, I want whatever that person is having, I want to experience that. Prayerfully that what motivated them to serve and having the heart to serve is the life that they have in Christ Jesus and how Christ has changed their life. See, when we live like this, it is a testimony to the world. We become attractive. People want to be a part of this. If you attend a church that has problems and, and you already quickly know that there's no unity. In the same way, when guests come and visit our church, may it never be said that there is a spirit of division. You see, we may have our own disagreements but we must make sure that our main focus is when we come together in this place is to be able to put every, our differences aside and worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. That's our main focus. It should always be our focus. And I'm not saying every time that you have to uh, agree on the, the major things. Sometimes there are couples who disagree what they're going to be eating at lunchtime today. No, I want this. No, I thought I, I wanted this. Put those things aside. doesn't always have to be about a major decision, but there are disagreements among us. But when we put those things aside, make sure that when you come together, and I pray and I encourage you that when you wake up in the morning, especially when you come on Sunday mornings, you don't prepare your mind as you walk through these doors. I pray that when you open up your eyes, you're already saying, God, I'm going to church today. I don't know what you have planned for me, but I'm going to be open to receive of your blessing. I'm going to be open to receive of your word. I want to be able to give. I may not know all the songs, Lord, but I want to give you honor and glory because you unite us together by your precious Holy Spirit. Well, you don't have to say all the words like that, right? But your heart... 
Don't wait until you come in, you know, because even, even there are things that you, that you may say on the way here. Maybe somebody cuts you off. Uh-oh, right? <laughs> Making sure that you're preparing your mind to worship and not only wait until you come through the doors. The whole purpose of our unity is our testimony together. We are more effective in doing the work of the ministry. We have the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, I love to sing, but there's no way I'm going to be singing to you right now with the loss of my voice. But I love to sing, and here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. I can't just sing and then do all the instruments and then do the multimedia and then do the sound. There's no way. It's utilizing the gifts that people have to be able to come together and work in unity to make this happen. Combined with unity, we become a powerful movement of God. Let us be an answer to Jesus' prayer for us when he says that we be one as he and his Father are one. We're a church that can continue to grow. But here's the part is when I mention about just singing. I love to sing when I go to weddings. I love to sing when, when I do the funerals. I love to sing when I go and visit people if they, if they want me to sing to them. And I just take my guitar sometimes and just sing hymns or songs. I love it. And here's, oh, thank you so much for the, for the song. You have a beautiful voice or things on there. But here's the part. Here's what I'm sharing with you. It's not about me. When they say things like that, I say, well, praise God. I thank God that he gave me the voice to be able to sing. The ability to do that, but I don't, I don't want to ever want people to think that it's, just, it's for me. When I'm asking God to glor- God glorify me, that I may glorify you, it's also always making sure that we point back to Christ. That we point back to God the Father. That it's not about us. Our, our responsibility and our response to that is to be able to come in humility and submission. Jesus prayed for us, ladies and gentlemen, for you. Think about that. Leave that. Don't leave this place without thinking about that. Jesus prayed for you before you even knew about Jesus. Let God bless those who are going to believe in the message. Pray for you and for me. And let us stick to that, to that prayer that Jesus prayed. Let us be one. Let them be one as we are one. Let us pray. Loving and gracious, almighty God, we're so thankful that you allow us to be here. Lord, in the midst of our differences, we're so, here, so glad that you allow us to be in this place and to hear the importance of putting our differences aside, that you want unity, that we can do more together and not alone. We know, Lord, there are times that we have to have our own personal prayer life, Lord. That we have to work on things in our lives, but when we come together, just like the disciples did, they continue to share the message out others. Let us be the hands and feet, utilizing the gifts and the abilities to come together and that we can show the community and the world that you still live. Because there's so many things out there that 
can, can, can put questions in our minds. God, where were you when this happened? God, why didn't you do this? God, why didn't you do that? So we pray, God, that when those situations come in our lives and we hear about them in the news, whether they're, they're distant or in close proximity to our towns, that we can respond with, God, here I am. What do you need me to do to show your love in the midst of uncertainties? But certainly, God, we can't do this alone. Let us be united with you through the precious Holy Spirit, the same way you prayed that you and God are one, that we may be one. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.